Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Neighbor, say, I'm glad you're here today. When Carrie and I got married, obviously she took my name. That's, that's what you do, right? You marry somebody, you take their name, ladies, and, and we are the bride of Christ. We have taken his name. And I remember one time we were at the grocery store and Carrie was writing the checkout, and the, uh, the cashier said, are you kin to so-and-so, McCord? And she said, only by marriage. <laughs> I'm not for sure what she meant by that, but I think it's getting better. I mean, you do know that uh, when people get engaged and they're starting to get married, they put their, their uh, announcements in the uh, paper. And I don't know if people at the paper do this for spite or they do it for joy or whatever, but how many of you know some people's names just don't mesh together well? So let me give you a few. Here's some announcements, real announcements in the paper. Daniel Hardy is marrying Rachel Har. It's the announcement of the Hardy Har wedding. <laughs> Joe Looney is marrying Shelby Ward. It's the Looney Ward engagement. Elizabeth McDonald's marrying Joseph Berger. It's the McDonald Berger marriage. That's a tasty marriage. Edna Gowan is marrying James Getter. It's the Gowan and Getter wedding. Amy Moore is marrying Anthony Bacon. It's the Moore Bacon engagement announcement. Jerry Sharp is marrying Jenna Payne. It's the Sharp Payne marriage that's going to take place. How many of you know in marriage there are some sharp pains? Y'all are so holy. And then there's Elizabeth House marrying Christopher Wrecker. It's the House Wrecker marriage. Yeah, you're smiling like I did when I read all those. Interesting names. Does anybody remember I am hip? I mean, these are real names. I am hip. He was the running back for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, how about an NFL player by the name of Ben Gay? Uh, how would you like to have a dentist by the name of Easy Filler? That's the guy I want working on me, Easy Filler. Uh, a meteorologist by the name of Amy Freeze, that's appropriate. Or a name like Billboard, Charity Case, Charity Pitt, Chip Monk, Chris P. Bacon, Doug Graves, Dusty Carr, Dusty Rhodes, Early Riser, Early Bird. Uh, middle initial, Earl E. Bird, okay. Elevator, Gene Poole, Justin Case, Justin Time, Paige Turner, Bend. Dover. What were these parents thinking? I mean, is this a joke? I mean, let's lay this moniker on my little baby here. So when he gets up, his name is Ben Dover. How many of you would like to be him in junior high? Hey, Ben Dover. Ben Dover. Ben Dover. How would you like to have a dermatologist by the name of Dr. Spot, Dr. Jane Rash, or Dr. Skinner? Or an ophthalmologist by Dr. C. Wong, Stephen I. Ball, Dr. Kevin Blinder, or a PE teacher named Jim Shorts, <laughs> J-I-M Shorts, surgeons named Dr. Herder, Dr. Butcher. Yeah, Dr. Butcher's working on me. I feel better already. Well, we know there is something in the name. Philippians chapter 2, please turn there. I want to impress upon you this morning the importance of the name. 
You and I sometimes lose the gravity and the weight and the importance of the name. It is mentioned almost a thousand times in your Bible. How many of you think if something's mentioned almost a thousand times, it's important? So what we see here, and this is really highlighted in Philippians chapter 2. Go down to verse 9. Therefore God has, all, has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. God has given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven, those on the earth, those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he has been given a name that's what? Above every name. Names are important. Throughout scripture, God has been revealing his name. He's been unfolding. He has been uh, giving piece and parcel, if you will, about his character, about his glory, about his position, about his nature. And we see that through the names of God. Uh, Abraham knew he was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. Hagar knew that he was the God who sees everything. He is the, the, the God, Jehovah Tadiskanu, the Lord, our righteousness. And, and we see through the word of God, this revelatory names of God and this access to the name of God but when you get to Philippians 2 here is the clincher he Jesus has been given a name that's above every name now you want me to translate that he's been given a name that's above every name so no other name is greater than the name of Jesus according to scripture are we on board with this now God has given him a name that is above every name. Now, there are people that are looking to the name of Buddha for salvation. They're looking to Muhammad. They're looking maybe to Joseph Smith or looking to some other uh, dignitary or religious leader or so-called Messiah. And, and names mean something. We, we think about Lincoln or Kennedy or you, you talk about Donald Trump. There's a, there, there, there's a reaction that happens with people, good or bad. Uh, you, you talk about Napoleon or Alexander the Great. There are names that have been great names, people of notoriety, people of history. But nobody equals the name of Jesus. He has been given the name that is above every name. Now notice this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. There are three things in this verse that you need to pay attention to. Everything in heaven, everything in heaven confesses the name, acknowledges the name, praises the names, and will bow to the name. Now who's in heaven? The angels are in heaven, correct? Now, there's some pretty powerful angels in heaven. Michael, I like that name. Michael, the warring angel, powerful. Did you know in the Old Testament, Michael dispatched one of the angels down when the Assyrian army had come to attack Jerusalem and King Hezekiah? And one angel, everybody say one. One angel killed 185,000 troops by himself. Now that's one honking angel right there. Now, and, and old Michael said, hey, you, number 562, go down there and take care of this. And that angel went down and killed 185,000 Assyrians. But the angels 
Acknowledge, praise, bow down, everything in heaven, the living creatures, the angels, every created thing in heaven, saints that have gone before us. You know what they're doing? They're praising and bowing down to the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus. Now, not only those who are in heaven, but those who are in the earth. Guess who that is? That's us. Now, he says they should bow and they should confess. Notice what the word says. They should bow, they should confess. Is everybody bowing to Jesus? No. Is everybody confessing Jesus? No. One day they will, but they should be. Guess what? If you're not a believer today, you should be acknowledging the name of Jesus. You should be confessing Jesus Christ. Your tongue should confess him. Confess him what? You're the Lord of Lords. You're the King of Kings. You're the Messiah. You're the Anointed One. You're the Savior. You're the Son of God. You're Emmanuel, God with us. You're all in all. What do we do? We confess that. So everything in heaven, everything on the earth, notice here, here's the third one, everything under the earth. What's under the earth? All the demons in hell, all those who are chained, every fallen spirit that have rebelled against God, do you know what they're doing in hell? They have to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and they have to bow their knee to Christ. They're subservient to the awesome power of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's been given a name that's above every name. That's how powerful his name is. To the glory of God the Father, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess. We are reverencing, acknowledging the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Can I hear an amen? amen. I'm going to get fired up, so just hang with me. What happens when we don't reverence his name? What happens when we don't esteem it like we should? Matter of fact, third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Acknowledge me, I'm the only God. Don't make any idols and don't take my name in vain. I mean, we get right into this boom. He says, get, you, you, you got to honor my name. You got to watch my name. That word vain there is from a root word which means to rush over, use as an empty, meaningless way, falsely, wickedly, not esteem. If, if you and I don't watch it, we will rush over, not esteem, not value the name like we should. This is, this is something you know. In our world today, not only are people not honoring the name, they're abusing the name. They use it jokingly. They use it in swear. They use it in conversations and jokes that they should not use the name in. Correct? I served as a chaplain for the Oklahoma State Senate twice. And as the chaplain of the Senate, my duties were to be there if there was a tragedy, if someone needed prayer. Uh, I always opened up the, uh, the session every day as the chaplain. About the time that I was the chaplain for the Oklahoma State Senate, there was a move going through the country and the world that when you pray, they wanted you to pray to a non-descriptive God. It's all right to use God. But they really didn't want you to be specific to who you were praying for. Now in Oklahoma, we don't have a lot of those issues. But around the world, and especially in more liberal areas of the United States, it's a huge issue. So every day when I prayed, guess how I would end my prayer? I didn't do it out of spite, although that did cross my mind. 
But this is the way we should pray. So every day when I opened the synod up, I would pray and I would say, in the name of Jesus. Now why would I do that? Because he said, when you pray, pray in my name. So why do we pray in his name? Because his name has power, it has authority, it has strength. It's, it's the name that's above every name. So I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. There's power in his name. But if we don't reverence the name, here's what can happen. Malachi chapter 2. If you'd like to go to the Old Testament, last book. Malachi 2. This is verse 2. He said, if you will not listen... If you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. He says, got to be careful because I honor my name as far as the holiness, the power of it. I regard it as far as the strength of it. And he says, I want you to honor and reverence my name also. If you don't, then a curse comes. The blessing is turned into curse. How many of you want the blessing instead of the curse? Come on, everybody should be saying, oh yeah, 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 give me, give me the blessing, give me the blessing, I want the curse. Here's how the curse comes. Don't reverence the name. Don't honor the name. Don't signify the name. Don't esteem the name. Do you know in chapter 1 of Malachi, he repeats this three times. Everybody say three. The Lord says, my name is to be great, feared, reverenced among the nations. He says that over and over and over. My name is to be feared and reverenced among the nations. You've heard me say this. I repeat myself because I forgot what I said. Does anybody else do that? Okay, three people do that. I repeat myself sometimes because I forgot what I said. God does not repeat himself because he forgot what he said. You know how he repeats himself? To emphasize what we need to hear. Yeah. He says, my name should be feared and reverenced among the nations. Yeah. Not only should it be, it will be. Yeah. Because every tongue should confess, every knee should bow, and when you look at that verse somewhere else, it says one day every tongue, what? Will confess, and every knee will bow, it shall now, should now, but it will be later. You see, I'm not saved in the name of Buddha. I'm not saved in the name of Muhammad. I'm not saved in the name of Joseph Smith or any other, Tom, Dick, or Harry. There is only one name that has salvation. And the Lord said, you reverence my name or a curse is coming and will overtake your blessing. Malachi 3.16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another, and the Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. How many of you have ever heard the book of remembrance? Have you ever heard that term? Absolutely. This is where it comes from. What is happening? The Lord is writing down a book of remembrance. How many of you want the Lord to remember you? When you're in trouble and you call out on his name, how many of you want him to remember you? You're in trouble, how many of you want him to remember you? You have a, a marriage crisis, financial crisis, health crisis. You want to be able to call out on the name of the Lord and he does what? Remembers you. Why does he remember us? Because we talk about him, we confess him, we, we study him, we learn of him, we worship him, and we what? Esteem his 
name according to Scripture. Malachi 4.2 But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. What imagery we have in this passage. Now, we don't live much in an agrarian society as they did in that time. Here's the imagery. Have you ever seen these little chicks when the predator comes or the owl circling over, the hawk circling over, or there's something that's fearful. The little chicks, what do they do? They run to mother hen and she takes her wings and she puts them around the little chicks saying, I got you covered here. Got you babies. Got you under my wings. That's exactly what the Lord's saying. He's saying, when the sun of righteousness rises up, notice this, there is healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow like stall fed calves now who's that for those who fear his name goodness gracious you ever been in trouble and you wanted to run to the Lord you ever had crisis you wanted to run to the Lord the name of the Lord is a strong tower and they that run to it are what safe so we're his little chicks. Cheap, 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 cheap. And so here's trouble. Here's the predator. Here's the trouble. What are we doing? We're running to the Lord. And this imagery, he takes his wings and he puts around us. And what's there? There's healing in his wings. And I like the next part. And he said, if you esteem my name, if you fear my name, if you love my name, he said, you shall grow up and be fat. Everybody say fat. Well, I don't think he means like me or you. I think it's another kind of fat. How many of you know you can be on the... Okay, I've got to be careful how I say this. How many of you know it's, be, it's better to be fat on the inside? I mean, we are, we are voluptuous. We are full. We, we, we have everything we need on the inside. And uh, he says, if we are esteeming the name of the Lord, if we fear the name of the Lord, he said, we shall grow up like fat, stall-fed calves. Now, you can put a calf out, and listen, we, we raise calves and cows and bulls and all kinds of stuff. And you can put a cow, cow out and a calf out, and, and that calf will be weaned, and it'll eat grass, and it'll do good. But you know what? If you feed it grass, and you feed it grain, and you feed it in the stall... You know it'll get fatter. And the more you pour out for it, the fatter it will get. And he said, that's what I want you to be like. If you fear my name, if you esteem my name, you will grow up, be fat on the inside, and you will be like stall-fed calves. Now, when you have a stall-fed calf that you have up, every time you walk out with the feed bucket, who's happy to see you? Oh, yeah, they're happy to see you. And you know what they do? They run and twist and buck and jump up and down. They act like a bunch of teenage boys. I mean, it's kind of funny. And this is what the Lord's saying. When, when you fear my name, when you love my name, when, when you exalt my name, you're going to grow, you're going to enlarge, you're going to be blessed, there's going to be healing, you're going to have provision. And he gives us this imagery that is powerful. Do you realize you can't even become a believer unless you confess his name? Now, this is very scriptural intensive. So if you have your Bible, follow along with me. Is it all right to use the Bible in church? 
I mean, there's a lot of preachers don't give you much of the Bible when they preach. I'm going to give you overload this morning. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to, to those who believe in his name. How did you become a child of God? How did I become a child of God? How did you get to be a son of God? How did you get to be a daughter of God? According to this, you believed in this name. You believed in who he is. You believed in what he did. You believed in the power of his name. You believed in it. He gave us the power to become the sons and the daughters of God because you and I believe in his name. What about his name do we believe? Well, we believe it's holy, right? We believe it's sacred, set apart. It is special. It is powerful. It is excellent. Do you know he has an excellent name? According to Hebrews 1 and 4, that his name is better than the angels because he has received it by inheritance and his name is more excellent than them. And as powerful as Michael is and Gabriel is and all the, 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 the angels are, are named, he, he calls them all by name, right? But the name of Jesus is more excellent than any other name, greater than any other name. Can I hear an amen? Amen. It is weighty, it is different, it is distinguished, it stands apart. When you call on his name, you immediately get a reaction from people. You can say Lord, you can say God, you can say this, you can say that. But when you start saying Jesus, let me tell you what happens. It becomes narrow, it becomes personal, it becomes exclusive. John 3, 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 10, uh, 20, 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Acts 2.21, Peter is preaching, day of Pentecost, first sermon of the early church, and he begins to preach, verse 21, and it shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What he does, he quotes a scripture out of Joel chapter 2, verse 32, which Joel the prophet had already said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Be saved. How do you get saved? You call on the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 10, verse 43. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. You know what is happening here? He says all the prophets that went before are testifying. It's in his name. All the prophets in past are testifying. It's in his name. He has a name that's above all names. He has a name that's greater than every other name. Romans 10, 13, Paul reiterates, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This name is exclusive, but it's inclusive. It's exclusive. What do you mean, pastor, it's ex exclusive? Very exclusive. It's narrow, powerful. It's austere. There is nobody that has that name like he has. But the one who is exclusive is inclusive 
Because he said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The name is exclusive, but he is what? Inclusive. It's not his will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Everybody can come. Everybody can call on his name. That exclusive name is inclusive to anyone who wants to call on the name. Doesn't make any difference if you're black, you're white, Hispanic, rich, poor, Gentile, Jewish, bond or free. Everyone can do what? Call on that name that's an exclusive name that includes everyone. Whosoever will, let him come. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. When they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Do you realize how exclusive this name is? In Acts chapter 4, Peter is speaking, and this is after the miracle of the lame man. He says, neither is there salvation, verse 12, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. How many names can you get saved in? Only one. For there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must, imperative, be saved. Jesus saves you. He is the Redeemer. He's the Savior. He's the one who shed His blood. He's the Son of God that was given. He is the one who now reigns in glory. Can I hear an amen? He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He has been given a name that has been highly exalted. A name above what? Every other name. I don't care what name it is. There are some great names in the Old Testament. Wonderful names. Descriptive names. But nothing trumps His name. It is powerful. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? According to the works of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. You know what he's saying? No one has more power, more dominion, more authority not only in this world, but in the world to come, that every name that is named is not going to be greater than his name. Yeah. Tell you what, if we don't get this, if we don't understand this, folks, this is Christianity 101. This is where we got to get this down, right? Yeah. You know... Uh, Every once in a while, I get to thinking about this. And matter of fact, I thought about it yesterday. I've, I've been gone this uh, last week. I did a conference down in San Antonio, and uh, some of the guys were with me. And I preached that last night, and then we drove in on Thursday. So if you if you're gone for several days, how many of you know you come back home and you got ketchup? Not not Heinz, but you got ketchup. So you're gone for about four or five days, then you come home and the lawn needs to be mowed, you got all these things that's backed up on you that you might have got done in the four days previous. So yesterday, 
Uh, my day started about 9.30, ended about uh, 6.30 or 7. And uh, mowed the yard and, you know, planted some trees, one thing or another, and we were all busy. And uh, Carrie was gone to a, a wedding shower, and so part of the day I was by myself. And I'm thinking about what I'm going to preach today. Do you ever excite yourself? Now, I'm not saying I'm that exciting, but do you ever excite yourself? So I got to thinking about what I was going to preach today. And I got to think about the name. That his name's above every name. And that there's no name that's like his name. And I got to going around the house. And I'm telling you what. I'm in my cutoff t-shirt. And my black painty shorts. And for a while I was in my... Uh, boots and socks, but uh, <laughs> try to get that out of your mind. And, and I'm walking around the yard, and I'm hot, and I'm sweaty, and I got my John Deere cap on, and, and uh, I got salt crusted around the, the band of it. And I get to thinking about the name of the Lord, and all of a sudden in my yard, I just have to raise my hand and say, thank God, hallelujah, your name is wonderful, your name is great. And I'd have a little praise break. And I think somebody driving by there thinking, he's trying to wave us down here, you know. <laughs> this guy's a nut. This guy's crazy. You know what we're doing? We're esteeming his name. Yeah. We're worshiping his name. Yeah. We're saying, golly, your name, like the psalmist, is above the heavens, highly exalted. Your name, oh God, is majestic. Your name is great. It's mighty. It's by your name that I'm even called the Son of God. It's by your name that I'm a child of God. It's by your name I'm saved. I called out on your name in salvation. I looked to you at the cross, the blood that was shed, the, the empty grave. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I give you praise and glory and honor. Then I'd go work for a little bit. Then I'd break out again and I had to get in my truck and drive around a little bit and pick up some stuff. And in the truck, I'd have an outbreak of praise. And I don't even know that's okay. Why are we doing this? Because he is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age of the, to come. No name is greater than his name. Yeah. What powerful thoughts and precepts are those? You remember when Jesus sent out the 12 and then he sent out the 70? And they came back. How many of you know they were pumped when they came back? I mean, they were pumped. They came back and they said, Lord, goodness gracious. Said, even the devils are subject to us in your name. You know what he's telling you and I? Hey, Mike, don't go out in the name of Mike. The devil will beat you up. Hey, Jack, don't go out in the name of Jack. The devil will beat you up. Jim, don't go out in the name of Jim. The devil will beat you up. Do you know what? They didn't go out in their name. They didn't go out in the name of Peter and Matthew and John. Guess whose name they went out in? They went out in the name of Jesus. And they said, hey, it's just like you said. We went out there. We healed the sick. We did miracles, signs, and wonders. And even the devils were subject to us in your name. Why are the devils subject to them? Because they know 
who He is. Hallelujah. They know who He is. In the halls of heaven, they knew who He was, they know who He is, and they know who He shall ever be. Amen. In the ages to come. In the ages to come. Goodness gracious. When Jesus would go into a synagogue, sometimes the devils would speak. He would never do a miracle, never even say a word. They would speak before it happened. They would say words like this. Have you come to torment us before our time? Or they would say something like this. We know who you are. We know who you are. The people in the synagogue may not have known who he was. But let me assure you, the devils knew who he was. Every knee should bow, every tongue should confess. Those in heaven, those in the earth, and those under the earth, they know who he is. Let me end with this. Numbers chapter 6, something you're very familiar with. This is called the Arianic Blessing. Sometimes it's called the high priestly blessing. But in verse 22, the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons. Say that with me. Speak unto Aaron and his sons. Now let's all say it. Here we go. Speak unto Aaron and his sons. Now, now the reason God is going through Moses to speak to Aaron and his sons is because Aaron is the high priest. Moses is the leader. Aaron is the high priest. When Aaron dies, his sons shall take the role of the high priest. So it was customary that the, the sons would take the role. You, you have Annas and Caiaphas in the New Testament. Actually, there might not have been a son, but the son-in-law took the position of high priest. So there is this uh, handing down of this priestly position. But he said, speak to Aaron and the sons. And he says, I want you to... To inform them that they should go out and bless the people. Verse 23. Speak to Aaron and his sons saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them. Here's something very familiar with. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. And lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You ever heard that? The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is called the blessing of the high priest. But I want to read the next line, verse 27. So, they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. So picture in your mind. Maybe they're having a convocation, they're having a service, they're before the uh, temple, uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness of the temple. So throughout the entire generations, the high priest would come out and he would give this Arianic or this priestly, high priestly blessing and they would give it with their hands raised. They would lift their hands as I'm doing and looking at you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. So, so here the priest is. He's blessing all of the people. But look at that last line again. He said, in blessing them, he said, so shall you put my name on the children of Israel. 
Not only did he bring them out the name of the Lord, but he brought them in to his name. Whenever you come in here, guess how you come in? You come in in the name of the Lord. And guess when you go out? You go out in the name of the Lord. Why do we come in with his name? Why do we go out with his name? Here's the key. Look at the verse. There's a blessing in it. There's a blessing in it. Question. Do you need the blessing? Do I need the blessing? Could it be that you face something this week? Duh. Does anybody face anything on their job? Does anybody face some of the workers on your job? God, I love my job. It's just the people at my job I can't stand. Uh, Does anybody face any difficulties with family? Is anybody facing any health difficulties? Financial difficulties? Kid difficulties? Mom difficulties? Dad difficulties? When you leave here, would it be better to leave with the blessing or without the blessing? With it. How do we leave with the blessing? How do we come in with the blessing? It's tied to something. You will put my name on them and they shall receive my what? Blessing. When you confess Jesus Christ... If you don't listen to anything else I said this morning, listen to this. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when you follow him in obedience, do you realize his name is written in your life? There is a comparison here, and I want to give it to you. There is coming one that we call the beast or the antichrist. He cannot create anything. He is not creator. He is not God. He can only imitate. The only thing he can do is imitate. But God has such a marvelous plan that he tries to imitate the plan of God because he has no creative plan of his own. So when he comes, your attention please, he's going to put a mark on those that follow him. And we call it what? The mark of the beast. And if you don't bear his name, and the number of his name is what? Six, six, six. So what's he doing? He's trying to mark his followers with his name. Where did he get that wonderful idea? He gets it from the Lord, right? Because when we see the redeemed standing in salvation... They're bearing the Father's name written in their foreheads. Wow! Isn't that awesome? Why would we go out in his name? Why would we come in with his name? Because there's blessing in his name. There's power in his name. The only salvation there is, is in his name. There's no salvation in the name of Buddha. There is no salvation in the name of Muhammad. 
There is no salvation in any other name. Everything else is an imitator. It's an imitation. It's a cheap fix. There's only salvation in the name of Jesus because it is the name above every other name and we should never, ever be ashamed of it. Thank God we're called by his name. Amen. Stand with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.